What's going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is kicking it with Camacho. It is a snowy day in New York City. It's a Tequila Tuesday, as you know. That means questions, fan Q and A, interrogation day. Woo! I am in a tight fucking shirt. Holy hell, man! These fucking my shirt is so tight. The fucking my armpit hairs are probably like sticking out of my my sleeves here, you know, dude. I I get so self conscious whenever I wear these tight shirts. And let me let me just be clarified. This is actually the shirt um, I wore for my special taping, and uh, my arms uh, I've gotten bigger since the special taping. And the, this is a this is a tough. This is like I I I would not be able to do a set with the shirt on. Like not to say I couldn't do it. But I would be too in my head, you know. I feel like I'm showing off. I feel like um, I'm like uh, looking for attention, you know. Dude, I would be if I was a girl, I would be like the worst. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to dress slutty, you know. Like, I wouldn't be able to have those like the the my my uh, cleavage out or my my butt cheeks hanging out of something. I would be so insecure in, in my head, you know. That's that's fascinating. Hey, buddy. Um. For the audio listeners, uh, Kaisa just uh, walked by. Um, it's got to be wild to be like a girl and they, like, oh, I'm going to go dress hot tonight. And then you just wear like, you know, actually, you know what? I'll take that back. I take that back. All right. I'm not slut shaming or anything, but um, I'm talking about purely in um, performance base. Like if I go on stage um, or something. I don't like because you're already kind of like, you know, you if you're a comedian or, or some kind of perform like a comedian, if you're a comedian, you're going up there kind of like, hey, I got something to say. And um, you're you're kind of like putting yourself out there. Right. So it's like it is interesting. Like if I'm going to go up there with a, like a shirt like this, not only is it like I'm forcing people to like look at me, but I'm forcing them to look at like other shit. I don't know. But. I do understand, like, girls that want to go out, I want to dress hot tonight, because I have that, too. Like, you know, if it's, like, a social aspect thing and you want to go out to a bar or whatever, um, you do want to dress where, you know, you're showing off your assets, right? So you could uh, you could maybe potentially find a love of your life. Anyway, so I got my fucking boots on. Woo! And um, I it's a, it's a snowy day. It's a tequila Tuesday. So we got some fan questions. I got to be completely transparent. These are some st- questions get better every week, man. Like these these questions this week, they're uh, um, insightful. They're they're intelligent and that they're not just your typical yes, no uh, are just like, how'd you get in the comedy or like, you know, is your mom Chinese and the, you know, how, what kind of bamboo sticks does she beat you with? Like these are like seriously like good questions. And if you have a question that you want me to answer, please don't be shy. Wherever you, uh, find my content on, just, just ask it to me through a comment. If you want to do it through email, James Camacho comedy at gmail.com. Um, right before we get into the questions, though, um, I'm going to be selfish. Oh, look, Bulba, Bulba, Bulba's here. Woo, say hi, say hi, say hi. I apologize to anyone superstitious that thinks black cats means their dicks are going to fall off today. But uh, you don't need that dick anyways. What are you doing with that thing? Seriously. Um, before we uh, get into the questions, real quick, NFL picks, 
The last games of week, uh, wild card weekend were yesterday. So real quick, it's only six games. I'm going to just breeze through and see what my record is um, from the weekend. Please bear with me, guys. I know some of you, I get, I literally have people commenting, like, I don't watch football. It's very nice. They'll be like, I don't watch football, but I like watching your podcast. But, <laughs> you know, at a certain point, it's... Uh, it's not relatable, you know? It's all about relating. It's all about connecting with your audience, James. All right. So, real quick, wild card weekend. It was a great... Uh, uh, great is a weird... Uh, the best game was obviously the Rams-Lions game. That was a close one. Everyone else... Every other game was a blowout, pretty much. So, Browns-Texans. I had the Browns... I had picked... Uh, Browns were favorited, which I didn't get. And Houston uh, uh, upset them. Quote unquote. I don't think that was really that made any sense, but I I got picked that correct, so um one to know here. The Chiefs, Miami Chiefs were favored by three and a half. They blew them out, so I'm two and zero. Um, poof, I'm feeling really confident. Um, Steelers, Bills minus ten. They win by fourteen. I'm three and zero. Oh, oh, oh! If I have an undefeated weekend, I might have to just start touching myself. Um, Dallas. And Green Bay. Oh, shit. Just when I said I was going to touch myself, I get something fucking wrong. Dallas, um, I picked them to cover the 7.5 against Green Bay. Dallas not only did not e- did not win, they got blown the fuck out. And uh, I'm 3-1 and there. Thanks a lot, Dallas. Last time I, This is the last time I picked the Cowboys in the playoffs ever again, especially with fucking uh, Dick Prescott as their QB. Um Rams Lions. I thought Detroit would win. I thought it'd be closer than three and a half. I was right. Detroit won by one. So give me that one. Four and one, baby. And then the last game of the week, Eagles Bucks. I had the Bucks uh, upsetting them, and they did. So I had a five and one week. That's a really good record. Um, that increases my total record of football picks of the year to thirty three and twenty one, which is also phenomenal. And it also keeps my Super Bowl pick um, predictions intact. I like I re- like I said, I had uh, San Francisco and Buffalo going to the Super Bowl with Buffalo finally winning a Super Bowl, and um, that's still intact. And the only game I got wrong was uh, Dallas. So um, yeah, bracket still intact, and uh, all that shizzle my nizzle. So yeah, all right. For anyone that cares about fuck about football, I did great on my football picks this weekend. Now. Let's get to the questions. Um, these are really good ones. I took a look, um, and I just want to say, first off, thank you guys for um, giving me um, questions. Um, I love uh, I love answering questions. Ugh. I love talking about myself. Nothing better, right? Um, all right, so let's just get started. I do this thing where I um, I, I got to learn how to get to the point, you know, and. I'm just going to get to the point right now. All right, so let's start off with uh, Drea. Is that sir for Andrea? Either way, great name. Drea Maryland. That is a great name. She asked, uh, can you talk about some of the challenges of being an entertainer whilst going through devastating slash depressing things and how to manage it? Ooh, see, I told you these are really great questions this week. Really deep, insightful. Um, whew. I will say this. Um, I just want to 
think about my response real quick before I just babble on. But I would say if you're an entertainer, it actually is probably the best thing. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, someone, um, I live on the street, and um, some some so, someone fucking hit something. Um, but all right. So Drea asked, "Can you talk about some of the challenges of being an entertainer whilst going through devastating, depressing things, and how to manage it?" Here's what I'll say: If you're an entertainer, I think that's probably the best thing. You're almost like you almost have like a cheat code to battle depression, if that makes sense. Like battling depression and when devastating things happen in your life, it's never easy on anyone, right? It's never easy. It's always tough. No matter who you are, how much money you make, what you look like, uh, what what your uh, you know your boob size is, your penis size is, like it doesn't matter how great things are. If things happen and you know depressing things happen, it's a struggle for everyone. All right, doesn't matter who, what, why, where, when. But if you're an entertainer, it's it's probably the best case scenario because you have some sort of outlet where you can like get away. You know, like for me, it's like if I go through depressing things, which you know you guys clearly know, I'm going through a a, a pretty uh, uh I'm going through a breakup and um. It's, it's tough. It was a five-year relationship where we lived together, had pets together, basically just just before marriage relationship, you know? And honestly, if it wasn't for stand-up comedy um, and the podcast and, like, um, expressing myself on um, through comedy, I don't know what I would be doing, you know? I probably would deal with it in another way. Like, I would probably uh, cope in another way, probably through drinking, you know. Maybe I would pick up a a tobacco addiction or something. I don't think I'd be doing, like, hardcore drugs. I'm not that type of guy. But, um, yeah, it's it's having uh, an outlet, especially, like, stand-up comedy for me, where I can literally talk about the things that are happening in my life, you know, and then, like, write jokes about them, bring them on stage. And when people laugh at my problems, like with me, they laugh with me about my problems. It makes things a little better, you know? And also if you're an entertainer, it could be anything. Let's say you play the guitar, you're in a band. If you're going through something depressing, work on a new song, right? You do a concert, right? You can get your mind off it a little bit. But it's really just like... um the tough part is dealing with like that time outside of performing, that time outside of uh, entertaining, you know. And um, all I'll say is like I can't imagine being a regular nine to five working for someone uh, person while going through this breakup, you know, because not only would I be dealing with a you know heartbreak, but I would also be using my time would be going to like this fucking job that I don't care about you know this just you know what I mean so it's like if you're an entertainer I think it's so great and it helps deal with um depression in a healthy way does that make sense what I'm talking about and um for me obviously um 
just talking about exactly what I'm going through and trying to make jokes about it so people can laugh. Um, and also, like, uh, I've had people come up to me after shows, have been like, I've gone through that too, you know, I connect with you on that. Like, or, you know, people that just laugh, like, you know, you know, uh, hope you're doing well or good for you. Like, and it, that all helps um, a little better. It's good to know. It's very, one of the best things about going through issues in life too is also finding other people going through the same issues as you. So you know you're not alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. You're not the only person dealing with those problems, you know? Um, yeah, and in terms of just like managing it, um, for me with my breakup, recent breakup, I just like, um, I decided to just face it straight on, you know? It's like, uh, uh, it's like, you know, this is going to be a dumb analogy, but it's like, I decided to like go bowling without the bumpers. If that makes sense. I decided to just like say, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, just go through with this. I don't want any like, um, safety nets or I don't want this to eat. I don't want to get through this like by numbing myself. I want to feel all the pain. I want to come face to face with it. And um, I don't want to run away from it. I want to be able to feel it and deal with it. You know, there's got to be a better analogy than that, man. You know, it's almost like, all right, it's it's like if you, um, you, uh, I don't know, let's say, oh, it's like if you're going through some like physical pain and they go, do you want some painkillers to deal with it? I've always been a guy like, hey, I don't want the painkillers, you know, unless it's like interminable pain. If it's like just average pain, I'll deal with it because I don't want that risk of getting hooked on the fucking painkillers. I'd rather just like plow through the pain, you know, than risk being addicted to drugs. So I guess in a way it's like what I'm trying to say is like if you're going through something tough, just acknowledge you're going through something tough and you're going to be depressed and sad and that's only natural. It's like cause and effect, you know. If someone punches you in the nose, what's the effect going to be? It's going to hurt. You're, your nose is going to bleed, right? If someone breaks up with you or someone hurts your feelings, you're just going to, you know, or someone passes away, you're going to feel sad. And that's totally normal, you know? And you should never feel bad about yourself for feeling bad because it's all just natural. It's a natural part of life. And just really, really try your best. If you're an entertainer especially, Bury yourself in the craft and the times where you're not doing your craft and things are tough. Just keep going. Just try to get to the end of the day. Because um, uh, sometimes, man, time is the only thing um, that will fix things, you know. You can't speed up or expedite. So in any way to expedite speed up, you know, like if you're going through a breakup, a lot of people will get into another relationship They'll still partying, right? Just trying to forget and numb and distract. And, like, rarely do you ever hear that going well. Like, usually you hear that that person goes wild for a month or two. And they end up, like, hurting people's feelings. And then they end up, um, when they actually have to confront their fucking problems when they're sober months later. Um, it's even harder. And they've lost time because they didn't actually deal with it head on, you know? So uh, ooh, that was a that was a loaded answer, and I hope that helped. Um, if you're going through that too, just focus on the craft. You gotta you got a leg up on most people if you're um, an entertainer. That's all I'll say. Um, 
Kenneth Smith asked me, can you talk in depth about your experiences with Instagram and their censors? In your case, does this seem like they go harder on posts with interracial content? Ooh. So I'll see I'll see the second part first. I think when it's like interracial content, they actually don't really hurt it that much. Like if I talk about being mixed race, I feel like that stuff always does well because naturally if you say race, it's like kind of triggering, you know? And that's what Instagram, TikTok, Facebook shorts or what is it? YouTube shorts, Facebook reels. It's all the same stuff. If you want your content to get seen, you have to like kind of trigger people, you know? You have to make people feel something. And a lot of times the easiest way to do that is to say something offensive, say something edgy or say and like naturally if you say just race People's ears go up, their eyes open, they stop, right? Like if you're in public and you go, you know, that black guy, people are like, whoa, right? Um, if you go, uh, he's Asian, people are like, eh. you know, it's like, so when you see, when that just comes up on your screen, you're naturally going to be like, what's this, you know? And as much as people want to talk about race not being a factor, uh, race shouldn't matter, it does. Like people, you know, we're in, a, we're in a society now where race is a huge factor, you know, in uh, everything. Like, we try to pretend like we're all equal and nothing's important, but that's all we think about is race, you know? And um, so when I think when I post interracial content, like I'm Chinese Puerto Rican or I talk about being a, a half Asian or a mixed race, um, people kind of, in, uh, they're just, it's, it's, it's like evergreen. So they're kind of drawn into that stuff. So that stuff always does well. I think my problem is like um, my experience with like the sensors and stuff. So I'm pretty I, I believe Instagram and all these things, they're run by um, artificial intelligence. So when it comes in terms of sensors, they have certain things like like words, phrases, um, na- like you know names that they've put into these AI sensors that if you say them or you bring it up, it'll automatically flag your video and uh, you know, They'll decide whether or not they want to, um, what do you call it, shadow ban it or what's the, suppress it from people, right? So I've noticed, like, if I ever say, like, Jeffrey Epstein in the video on YouTube, it always gets suppressed, right? If I say too many, uh, you know, fucks, shits on a, on a clip, a lot of times it gets suppressed. Um, if I say sex, if you say sex in something, like, um, it'll get, it'll get uh, suppressed because... You know, their AIs are, uh, their artificial intelligence is, is pretty advanced. So, like, they just will kind of, like, whatever content you put out, it'll just scan for those words. And um, if it comes up, right down the shitter, you know? And the only way you can really beat those is, is if you have your own audience. That's pretty big. So, let's say I had, like, 150,000 uh, subscribers. And, like, they're all really, like, every day they would go on their, my <laughs> channel to see what my newest video is. Then I would just like naturally have a fan base. Like Andrew Schultz was like that. Like he had such a huge fan base. He was still kind of shadow banned and censored by the apps, but his uh, numbers would still be pretty strong because he just had such an engaged fan base. My problem is like I don't have that engaged of a fan base. I don't have like I have like a following, but I don't have a lot of engaged fans, you know? So when I post something, um, not only people aren't really searching out my stuff. But then, like, the stuff doesn't pass the censors. Because, listen, I, I acknowledge I curse a lot. 
um, and I do stand up. So when you do stand up, you're, you're you're it's a it's an R-rated adult themed thing, you know. And I'm filming, so it's like I'm filming basically R-rated content, and I'm putting it online. So what do you think? Like obviously the AIs are gonna be like, gotta put it, hide it, hide it, get it down, get it down, you know. And it's so fucking annoying because if you go online, um, it's just it's just it's just listen, it is what it is, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to play the game a little bit, especially on Instagram, where your follower count really matters in terms of like uh, your 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 booking status, your social status, you know, um, and like the respect level that people give you in this industry. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, uh, you know, like I try to post stuff that's a little bit more cleaner, more evergreen. Um, not too many curses and stuff because I just don't want to hurt my uh, I want to just be able to expand and then hopefully if I get to a point where I have all these engaged followers maybe I can get a little bit crazy but honestly it's like um, it's just kind of silly how social media has these sensors you know it's like they're trying to choose what we're exposed to which is a you know that's a whole conversation for another day the media um, you know picking out what they want to show to us you know it's annoying and you guys have seen if i believe kenneth is uh instagram uh commented from instagram but it's like it's so weird because um you know i get if you want to hide um you know sexual content or anything that's inappropriate for children i get that but like i posted that thing where like that lady was writing um she's like i've been trying to compliment you on your stuff, but Instagram keeps saying my content, my comment, my, my comment is inappropriate and they're, they're hiding it or taking it down. And like, she was just like, I was just trying to say how funny you were and how much I liked you. And like the, the problem is that these AIs have no nuance. They're machines. They're not run by people, you know? So they kind of assume if you just say the words, it's bad and there's no nuance to anything, you know? So it's tough. It's just really tough. And, the you know, I guess the safest way to go to beat, there's no beating the sensors. It's AI, right? So it's just the best way to go is just to, to not trigger, trigger them, you know? And like my whole goal now is to just post stuff that's not going to trigger the sensors, try to build my following. And if you guys really, you know, the people that are fans want to come see more bluer stuff, they can come to the show or they go to my YouTube page where the sensors seem to be a little bit more lax. Um, okay, so let's go on next question. Again, these are great. Like these these responses are taking fucking uh, a lot of time. I love these questions. Um, Patricio Rios, great name, Patrish. Um, explains he he wants me to explain why you're posting. No one cares. Thanks. Um, I just posted that because um, no one does care. You know, that's the reality. It's just like, uh, like, you know, whatever you do in life, the only people that care are you and your close friends and family. That's it. <laughs> it's more of a, a thing about like social media where it's like I'm posting all this content and um, no one cares. Like I kind of have this thing where it's like, like, like. I'm not at the level where, like, anyone really is like, well, what did James post today? Like, like, or, like, when's your next special coming out, you know? And 
that no one cares was kind of more like uh like you ever, you ever you ever talk to someone and then like they say something and then the response is just like yeah no one cares you know it's that's exact that's kind of what i was doing like yeah no one cares you know it was almost like a self-deprecating like uh just shut the fuck up james you know because i think i had posted something i forget exactly what it was i posted and then like no one liked it or responded to it and it was something like personal to me and i was like yeah no one gives a fuck you know especially online i mean you know the people that care are the people in your immediate life, you know, and even people, those people, most people, those people don't even give a fuck. It's really your close friends and family that care, you know, like there's that running joke <clears throat> where like if you ask someone how their day's going and they say anything but good, like someone actually really is honest, like, oh, you know, could be better last night. And like people are like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Bro? It's like because no one gives a fuck, man. You know, everyone is just acting nice and acting fake out there. No one gives a shit, right? Until you can make the money or until, like, they, they think they can get something out of you. Then they pretend like they give a fuck. And then once you don't have anything to give, they go bye-bye. So it's more of just, like, a realization of how um, how the world is, you know? And, like, uh, you know, yeah. Appreciate you, appreciate you asking. Um, seems like you care a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, all right, Norman's got two more questions um, real quick. Then we got to wrap up here. He asked me if my mom and I are ever going to do a podcast together. That'd be so amazing. We're not going to do a podcast together, Norman. Um, it's just, uh, no, we're not going to do that. It's I've thought about it, but it's also just like, that's not what I'm trying to do here, you know? Um. I'm I'm trying to like 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 when like the beginning of my career, there was a lot of jokes and like a lot of my uh, comedy was about my mom, my dad, how I was raised, and um, it's because like when I was first starting comedy, I had all that stuff like built in, all this childhood trauma, all these things I wanted to say, and comedy for me is really just kind of a form of expression, um. And I think I pretty much at this point have gotten so much of that out, probably most of it out, 99% of it out. And now my um, career and my material and what I want to accomplish um, has evolved and changed. So um, I'm not this guy of I'm, I'm not the guy that's like I'm not the half Chinese, half Puerto Rican guy. I am. But like that's not what I'm like trying to be, you know. I'm not going to do a podcast with my mom. I'm not going to do half the podcast with my mom, half the podcast with my dad. You know, I'm not doing that. If anything, like this is just like my form of expression. And this is like my journey. And what I want to talk about is always going to change. This is a me thing. This isn't like a mom and uh, son thing, you know. I think a lot of people, and rightly so, it makes sense because I used to post so much Chinese Puerto Rican, Chinese mom, Puerto Rican dad material. So many of the people that follow me are um, into that stuff. And like, that's what they followed me for. And I hate to break it to you, but, uh, you know, that phase of my career is, uh, is done. It's wrapping up here. You know, we're putting a nice little bow on it. And uh, there will be material about it in my upcoming special. But, um, I mean, my material right now like my new hour material, 
legitimately zero Chinese mom jokes, zero Puerto Rican dad jokes. It's all other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And I'm not that guy. The I, I think my, my racial mix-up is my whole identity guy, you know? No, I'm, I'm way more complicated and smarter and uh, got, I got some way better... Uh, I mean, to me, it's way better stuff that I want to talk about. And I, I told you, like I was talking about earlier, race, that stuff is attractive. It sells. And, um, you know, people connect with people that are the same race as them. But, hey, man, I'm way, I'm way deeper than that. So, no, I'm not going to do a podcast with my mom. That's, that's not, uh, that ain't happening, bruh. And then he asked me if I had a favorite English class or favorite genre authors in all the classes he took. I used to, I was an English major in college. That's what he's referring to. He said boring. I know, but I'm a book geek and like that's his thing. No, this is not a boring question at all. Um, favorite English class? Mm, that's a good question. I remember being really into like this like Victorian literature class for some reason. I don't know why. I just remember like uh, I just because like the Victorian literature was a lot of like medieval um, stuff. And I always thought that was kind of very interesting. I also just genuinely really fucked with, I don't know if this is an English class, but like I really liked um, taking uh, theater classes, like um, reading like Shakespeare plays. I always thought that was like, because it's so crazy because the thing with Shakespeare, it's like the stuff is fucking really ingenious and really like, like, like magnificent storytelling and character development. But like it's a, it's it's in this fucking Shakespearean English, right? So it's like you would read it and you kind of have to like decipher it. And when you can actually decipher it and kind of follow everything that's happening, like I remember I used to read it, I would have like the um translation on the side just to make sure I knew what was going on. And like I just I don't know, I really love that kind of like storytelling arc. I also I may just be stupid, but I love to fucking how simple it is to read the plays as opposed to like books, you know, it's just like line, 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 line. I don't know. It's just something about that. It just makes the reading more enjoyable, but yeah. Favorite English class, um, literature, like Victorian literature. What else, man? Um, I always love creative writing classes. Those are always really great. Just anything where it was just not so, um, technical, you know? Where you could literally just like use your imagination and come up with shit. That's all the stuff I liked. And the only classes I liked that weren't creative were just kind of like, um, like I really, really enjoyed intro to theater, where it was just like learning about the history of theater, like really the the true meaning of comedy and drama, like where it came from, you know. And then just like that kind of like like just seeing where the first forms of entertainment and uh, performance and just seeing the evolution as the years go on. I always thought that was, I thought that was really fascinating. It was the first time I would take, I was taking classes in school and being like, this is interesting. I want to read about this. And, um, yeah, usually when you hear study for a test, you're like, fucking God, got to make index cards, got to memorize. God, I need Adderall. Um, when it came to theater, English literature and stuff, uh, Shakespeare, creative writing, there was no need to push me. I was I was all in. I, I thought it was very interesting. So I guess English class wise, just kinda like uh the like just like theater history, even though that's more theater 
in English. Creative writing and um, the type of Eng- literature stuff I liked was like um, Shakespeare um, stuff. And like I remember uh, I, I mentioned The Great Expectations. Um, obviously, that book is uh, long but great. Um, I got to be honest, man. I'm not a great English major. I don't read anything. Um, but in my time taking the class, I did enjoy a lot. I, my Men was a, a book I really liked. Obviously, I've read all the Harry Potters, but that that's you know that I don't think that really counts. But yeah, English and theater. What a what an interesting uh, way to go. I think I'll end up teaching. That's usually what happens to English majors. They just end up teaching. You know. <laughs> It must suck as a parent to just hear your kid's going to do English. You're just like, oh, so you just, that's it, huh? <laughs> You're just going to be a fucking a teacher? Shit. Not, all, not, all, not everyone, you know? But you, we all know your college major doesn't fucking matter, right? I got friends that are that did economics and they're in show business. I got friends that did in theater and they're fucking working, working at a, in human resources somewhere. So that, all, that shit doesn't matter, you know? And that all goes to say, it's like whatever you do in life, it's never too late to fucking make a change and start, you know? Um, the only time it's too late is never, right? What's the quote? Better late than never? Right. Something like that. Anyways, guys. Phenomenal questions. Phenomenal questions. Please, please, every Tuesday, I answer fan questions. Send them in. Um, James Camacho Comedy at gmail.com. Or if you see my prompts asking for questions, just comment them there. Thank you so much for tuning in on Tequila Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will see you uh, tomorrow. Touching